Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 211, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. My name is Cedric Golden, joined as usual by my guy, the duck, Kirk Bowles. And you know, Duck, we've had some we've had some great broadcasters on over the, over the years: Jim Nance, Brent Musburger, Kirk Herbstreet. You name them, we've had them. But there's one guy that we've been chasing <laughs> for years, and it's not Rick Neuheisel because we gave up on him. Oh man, longtime ESPN basketball analyst. Fran Fraschilla joins us, and he's, he coached one of my favorite basketball players of all time, Felipe Lopez. I, I'm, I'm just so pleased to yes. have you on our show today. Fran, how's it going, bro? Outstanding, Cedric. I want you to know uh, I read everything I can down in Austin on the team. And, of course, I've known Kirk for a while, but I've always enjoyed your stuff too, man. You, you tell it like it is. And uh, I learned some things about – you know, the team, you guys around uh, Texas athletics, obviously. So it's a pleasure being on with both of you guys. I have enormous respect for both of you guys. Well, we appreciate it. You're broadcasting royalty. And uh, before we started this, you were telling us that, oh, wait a minute. Oh, you're in Kansas. You're in Kansas for a game, right? <laughs> no, I got the Zoom. I, 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 you know, we all learned Zoom. I didn't know if you, if the three of us knew about Zoom, like let's say, 14 months ago, we would have ran to buy some stock, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, once the pandemic hit, and uh, I did a lot of interviews like you guys have. Uh, I did a lot of coaching clinics from Zoom. And I, I used to, you know, I just I used to look at the background on my wall and I said, nah, I got to do something a little different. So I, I'm not really technically smart, but I have figured out a way to have a Zoom background. And today it's Allen Fieldhouse. And it literally, would you guys admit it? That literally looks like I'm in the top corner in there. It really Absolutely. does. It's, it's yeah. really great. <laughs> so it's so I, I like, cool. Yeah, and I like to go around, Cedric, during the, you know, during the year and just snap pictures inside arenas and things like that. And uh, so I had this one on my phone, my camera roll on my phone. And I said, let's see if I can get this, you know, uh, on my background. And it, and it looks great. And, it, you know, it's kind of fun. Well, I'd like to know how many are, have you been in arenas this year? How many? Yes. Yeah, good question. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, I've been to Norman and I've been to Austin. And, and uh-huh. you know, and I've, been, I've done three games at Texas, one on the radio, two for ESPN. And, uh, Seriously, kudos to uh, I don't know if it's Travis I don't know if it's Travis County or the city of Austin campus, but um, we're up in the suites. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really interesting as a college basketball broadcaster, guys. You know, I know football uh, announcers are up top, mm-hmm. but I absolutely love the view because as an ex-coach, I see stuff happening before 
it happens up there. So as much as you, you guys are used to seeing us down at midcourt next to Craig Way and Eddie Oren, I love the view up there because we already have a TV monitor so I can see close up what's going on on the TV. But as a former coach, I see it all. Like I, I see, I've seen some things happen before they happen, if that makes sense. Because well, of, that, that because does yeah. And update us on your vaccination schedule. Uh, it was a good morning. It was a good morning here in uh, Dallas County. Kudos to Baylor Hospital, you know, the city, the county, because the two shots I've gotten in the last month, um, incredibly organized up here in Dallas. Seriously. I waited. I, don't, I didn't wait two minutes today. I walked right in, wow. went, went through the checkpoint, got my second shot, sat down for 15 minutes. And as I told you guys earlier, I, there's a, on my way down to Dallas Tollway, I know exactly where my favorite Whataburger is. So, uh, I stopped off for a little breakfast sandwich, and now I'm home, and I get to hang out with you guys. Man, Mark, you, you cannot beat that. You cannot beat that. Uh, it's a good Mitch. start. It's a good start to the day, Cedric. Absolutely. <laughs> my second shot in Whataburger, I mean, I don't think the day's going to get any better. <laughs> you talk Unless that. I hit the lottery. Unless I hit the lottery later. Oh, uh, well, uh, let's get dig right into it. Big 12 has a new champion. Uh, yeah. Been a minute, but uh, the Baylor Bears are the new champion since first time since 1950. You were doing the West yeah. Virginia game uh, yeah. when you clinched it. So uh, is Baylor back or do you think they're back at full strength? Uh, I wouldn't say back at full strength. I think in talking to coaches like Scott Drew and Shaka Smart, Coach Kruger up at Oklahoma, um, you know, I try to explain to people that, well, you're being critical of Baylor not playing well. No, this happens to be like a once a century pandemic we got here. And uh, when a young man gets uh, that virus, um, as many of the kids have, uh, you worry about their health and safety first. And so the fact is Baylor had eight guys. I mean, there's a reason they were out for three weeks, you know, and so uh, I'm, I'm grateful that they're back on the court doing what they love. I'm sure the university's keeping them safe. But uh, I thought they showed a lot of character in the second half yesterday in overtime. And I'll tell you the big play. I told Scott Drew this morning when I texted him. I'll tell you who got them their swag back. Matthew Meyer. Oh, what a stud. Oh, yeah. And, and, he was amazing. Well, you know what I said? I was watching closely, and yeah, you know, Jared Butler hit a couple, and Davion Mitchell hit one or two, but that game was hanging in the balance, and then Matthew Meyer does what he always does, and that is play with no conscience. And And you said that during the broadcast. You said that. Oh, yeah, and you know, the the guy that you guys know from Westlake and the guy that you've watched now for three years who keeps getting better, he's kind of a wild card, you know? He's he's the punt returner that you, you want him to fair catch it on the five-yard line, and he's not going to – no, he's going to try to catch it and run it back 95 yards. Right. He sometimes keeps the other team in the game too. But I thought last night his big two – those two big threes were I, – I would, I, would, I would credit that to his swag. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, so he really come on. And didn't you mention you thought he could play at the next level too? I think mm-hmm. he can. But, yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. tell you now. I've talked to, you know, like he, he. First of all, he's six eight, and he's he's skilled. He can shoot it. He can pass it. Um, and I think, like I like I told somebody, I told an NBA scout, Matt Meyer, Matthew Meyer. You could put him in an NBA game right now, and not that he would play great. He he's not going to be afraid. 
And he doesn't care if it's LeBron or, you know, James Harden or whoever. He's going to go out and, and ball. And right. I think I think another year of seasoning at Baylor, and I think he's going to have a chance to play NBA basketball because he has a lot of physical attributes and he's got a, a I don't give a damn factor that's very high. And I love him. He can jump. Uh, he's athletic. He, he dunks on people. I, yeah. I just I just love his game. I know we all cover the Big Twelve and. And I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I'm t- man, it, if that's if this isn't the most entertaining basketball that I've seen in years, from top to bottom in a conference, I just yeah. can't. I just can't remember every time I turn on a game. West Virginia, Baylor last night, Texas yeah. and West Virginia, two games decided by two points each. Uh, every game it seems to be like a, just a matinee type game. It's just great. Yeah, here's the difference uh, between this year and other past years in the Big 12. Well, there's a couple. Kansas is not dominating the league, okay? And even when they have dominated the league at the top, and we both know they have a great team, um, they also have an incredible home court. They're never going to lose at home when there's 16,000 in there. Almost never, you know what I mean. But this year, they're off a little but have bounced back nicely. The other thing I love about the league this year is – there have been times where I could see six teams going, maybe seven, but those last three teams in are like an 11 seed, you know, a 10 seed, and you don't really expect much out of them. This year, the way Joey Brackets has it figured out and what we've seen with our eyes, and Texas is the perfect example. We both know that uh, – the three of us know that um, Texas, because of COVID and some bad breaks, tough losses – the Oklahoma game at home, obviously, where they were shorthanded. Right. Um, when they're back at full strength, and I do think they need to get their swag back. Mm-hmm. They don't have it right now. Yeah. They don't have. They don't have the confidence. They don't have the confidence right now. Right. But, but at their best, they're they're capable of going to a Final Four. Let me say one thing about Texas. Uh, if you guys don't mind me rambling. No, go uh, ahead. This is up. This is all. I, I don't. Now listen. You can criticize Shaka, and obviously, there's things to criticize him about. But if I'm – and I hope they hear this because this, I'm just telling the truth. This whole season rests on three guys, Coleman, Ramey, and Jones. Case closed. That's, That's it. Good. And if those three guys figure out that they – you know, and they've done it on and off for three years now, if they figure out that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, because I called out that argument. You guys know that. I, I said this is going to be detrimental. I've been in huddles. I've been on teams where – it's okay to fight between each other. We've had fights in locker rooms and things. I coach Ron Artest, so we had a fight every week. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, but it was always in the, in the spirit of, of we, we, we all want what's best for the team. And I believe all three of those kids are great kids. I really do. Each of them has a great story. But I'm anxious, and I didn't see the tape of the game last night yet, but I know that it all revolves around those three guys sticking together, because they have elite eight type talent mm, on that wow. team. Yeah. That whole team has elite. And we've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it. It's not like we're guessing or hoping. Are you concerned by the little Ramey, AJ Tiff that, that kind of spilled over during well, the timeout? No, I mean, I, I am and I'm not Kirk. I mean, anybody who's been in that environment, football sideline, Baseball dugout. Don't we love that on Sports Center when yeah, motion when the pitcher gets taken out of the game and he throws the cooler and he's arguing with the manager, and exactly. a lot of that is healthy if it's managed right and, and channeled right. 
Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the biggest thing that has to happen or it had to happen if it, if it hasn't already is that Shaka got everybody in that locker room and said, said, look, because I pointed out that I think part of it was Andrew had a couple defensive breakdowns. Right. They'd always try hard on that end. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Courtney Ramey being that junkyard dog that I think he is. He is. And good, 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 good teammates challenge each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I hope it ends up going into going into, uh, you know, next week and into the NCAA tournament. Cause they, uh, I love their team. Uh, Jericho Sims quietly has had a great senior year. Oh, both stats. ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both ends. Uh, Kai Jones, uh, you guys know I've, I've championed him since the day he got there. Uh, Greg is still a work in progress. You know, he's coming out. I wish he'd stay, but if he's a first-round pick, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, those guys are all talented kids. That that, ta- that team, you know, throw Brock Cunningham and Royce Ham in there, and that team's got – that. We, we've seen it. We know they on a good day they can get to a Final Four. I, uh, you mentioned Greg Brown, and I don't remember what game, but you, you were doing the game. You go, Greg Brown has no game. And people went nuts. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Listen yeah. listen to what Fran Fischilla is saying. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to play basketball yet. He yeah. takes – he goes to his left every time. You've, you've, yes. I've been listening to, to <laughs> Professor Fran. He yeah. goes to his left every time. Yeah. He, he, he has no idea how to let the game come to him. I know he's leaving. Yes. But yes. what would another year of college basketball do for Greg Brown as opposed to being yeah. at the end of a bench or in a G League coming back and forth? It's a great question, Cedric. It's a business decision. Yes. Okay? And that's what it is. If, if he were my son, we would take a long, hard look at going. Okay? Of course. Okay. Because if somebody says to me, you're going to be picked 23rd, which is where I think uh, the mock, one mock draft has him right now, then he's a millionaire, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a millionaire, and that's, that's great. And that's phenomenal. You guys know this probably better than me, but when I did a Zoom call with him in November, I was so impressed with him. You know, my wife's my – wife's, Yeah, my wife – he's a great kid. The fact that he stayed at Vandergrift. By the way, my wife's cousin um, – Jamie was the starting quarterback on that Vanderbilt team five years ago when they got deep into the tournament. Oh yeah. And he was fit. Jamie Hudson. Mm-hmm. That is my wife's cousin. Jamie finished in the top 10 of voting in Mr. Texas football. That's cool. And I, I, I went to a couple Viper games that fall because we wanted to see Jamie play and he's a terrific high school quarterback. So I know, I know Leander in, in that area, but okay. So here's, here's Greg. I, I love his energy. He, he has a great motor. He is an NBA athlete. All those things are – they're, they're all there. Uh, because of, I think, the competition at Vandergrift, no disrespect, and the beauty of it is he stayed home to play with kids he grew up with since fifth grade. And, you know, it's okay to be a home buddy. Then he goes to Texas. You know, he – Still, has, he has a lot to learn as far as that in the offensive end, skill-wise. Footwork, the sh- the shot's not broken. It's going to get more consistent. So my sense when I say he doesn't have a game, he doesn't have a game the way Jalen Brown didn't have a game at Cal. Mm-hmm. One year he was at Cal. The same stats, the same uh, lack of offensive fundamentals right now that are going to be honed over the next three or four years in the league. And now Jalen Brown is arguably an all-star or near an all-star. Uh, Greg has all of that. And I believe he can get to that level. 
It's just that there are some young guys coming. He, he, you know, if he were pitching baseball at Vandergrift and he threw 97 miles an hour and he signed to Texas and all of a sudden in June, he gets drafted fourth overall by the Milwaukee Brewers. He's not going to Texas. No, he's not. No, he's going to the Milwaukee Brewers. No, yeah, baseball's right. different. And, baseball's and also, different. But, but he also wouldn't be going right to Milwaukee. He'd be going to Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, Billings, Montana. And so Greg will be a first round pick, and then the rough edges will be smoothed out over the next couple of years, Cedric, uh, with player development guys, G League teams, and and then the process begins for him. So I really love his future. I'm just I'm just telling the truth. Well, that's why we love you. I mean, you're as candid as they come. I mean, you were you were calling Texas soft a, a year ago. Remember that? Country club, yes. I do remember I said, that. <laughs> my favorite line, I used this last year. I used it once when Bob Huggins had a soft team in 2014. I said, these guys playing tuxedos. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't a compliment. <laughs> no, it's not a compliment. But this team, this, this Texas team has some grit and toughness. But I'm I'm afraid I'm afraid to see them lose it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and you know we've we've written tons of words, and you you've talked about Shaka a lot. And yep. coming here is year six, and you know he was on the bubble last year when they won yep. five of the last six to make a push before the tournament got canceled. And uh, you know I've kind of written and said too that we said, but year six with this talent, like you said, elite eight or final four talent, you ought to get to the sweet 16. So I, as a broadcaster and an analyst, how do you see Shaka's future hanging in the balance? Well, it's- there's so much luck involved in the NCAA tournament. You know, the big thing now is for them to finish strong. They got a tough one Thursday at Oklahoma, obviously. Right. Uh, that, that's a, that's a death, Texas death match, right? Uh, yeah. Because this league is so tough, we know they're both going to the tournament, Kirk, but um, it's, it's almost a must win for them. So big game for them. I don't know if they're playing Saturday or night not. Their season might be over by Saturday. I, I don't know. You might know, but. Um, yeah, TCU, yeah. Okay, so then next week's a big week for them, you know, because they go into the Big 12 tournament again with a chance to win the whole thing. And um, I, I do think, like, like I'll give you a great example. What was the game I did where. Andrew Jones had a great look at the end of the game. West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. Ramey had the and, pass. And, yeah. and that was a great play. That's, that was a great, well-designed play. And, you know, the ball just doesn't go in. So I think I think this team and Coach Smart need a little luck the next week or so. Mm-hmm. The ball's got to bounce their way. Getting to a Big 12 semis, maybe to the championship game, would be great. And then, you know, I think they've got to play well in the NCAA tournament. And it always falls back on the coach. It really does. And I've known Shaka since his days as an assistant coach at Clemson. He's a, an amazing young man. Um, but I, I think it's up to those kids to kind of play for him a little bit, you know? Sure. He, sure. He, gives them, he gives them a lot of room to be themselves. You know, I always say they play ISO ball the way I said it last night in that game because people would never say, you know, you say ISO ball, it order, you guys know what I'm talking about. I grew up in Brooklyn. If somebody says ISO ball, I immediately think one-on-one on discipline. But when you look at them play, their best offense is when Kai Jones and, and, uh, and Brock Cunningham come running up there like they're going to set screens and then they disappear. I call it a ghost screen, right? You guys have heard that. Sure. Uh, what that's designed to do is let those three guards get downhill and play one-on-one. And when it's effective, when, it's, when they're at their best, it's great. Last night, Baylor and 
West Virginia played ISO ball um, because those guards are so good. You know, uh, those three teams remind me of Jay Wright's teams back in 04, 05, 06, Cedric. You remember Alan, Alan Ray and Randy Foy and Nardi and some oh, guy yeah. named Kyle Lowry. Remember that oh, guy yeah. Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Well, that, that was ISO ball. It's not, it's not a negative. It's got to be explained right. But um, so you Shaka, your talent. You play your talent, right? Yeah, and 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 Shock has given these three guards great freedom to do their thing, and I think they've got to reciprocate now by by playing on the other end of the court and playing together. I just I just love that that we agree that it all comes down to those three guys. It's yeah. always been about those yeah. three guys. And if two of those three guys play well, yes, they're going to win games. Yeah. But but here lately, they've they've been throwing the ball around. They had like between those three, like twelve turnovers yeah. against a really poor Iowa State team, yeah. and it just doesn't bode well. And like you said, I don't see the swag. I don't yeah. see the confidence. And yeah. maybe and and I'm not a huge fan of conference tournaments during pandemics. But this yeah. is a great opportunity for them, Fran, to try yeah. to get a little bit of swag back before the tournament. Agree, agree completely, and uh, it's really on them. I mean, yeah. I know it's on the coach ultimately, and he gets paid a lot of money, and then eventually, you know, I, I've been in that situation. You know, your listeners won't be able to see this, but Jeff Van Gundy told me this a long time ago. If you can imagine my hand here as a basket, the ball's in the air. Good coach, bad coach. Good coach, bad coach. <laughs> I love it. And love that's that. what it comes down to. And uh, – you know, Shaka's a good basketball coach, but now I think it's time for those three to kind of man up. If you think about it, Andrew Jones came in here highly recruited, had a really good freshman year, and then the amazing battle with leukemia. The next year, a, a junkyard, another junkyard dog came in, Matt Coleman, you know, Shaka's guy from eighth grade, yada, yada, going to start from day one. Okay, now you got two alpha dogs. Then Courtney Ramey comes in the next year, and now you got three of them in, in the in the dog pen, you know? And those three dogs, I say that as a compliment, yeah. you gotta learn how to be play together. And I, you know, back in the playgrounds of Brooklyn, I love playing with two other guys who had junkyard dog in them. You know, we we're gonna win some games here. We're gonna roll off seven or eight in a row in the playground. And I like to see them get that back to 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 the point that you made said and what I've been amplifying on. Yeah. Two, two quick questions I have for you. I know our time's running out. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great league. You know, you got Texas Tech in a play-in game in the Big 12 oh, tournament. And they go to the Elite Eight, by the way. They're going to have to go to the Elite Eight, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just crazy. I mean, but it would be great to see two teams in the Final Four. So, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, and the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State games were just magical. Those, their own little mini-tournament. And, and I just – just a little bit about the Big 12, and could you see a Scott Drew or a Chris Beard being tempted if, like, a job like Indiana opened up? You know, that's a great question. I've known Scott since even before he got to Waco. I thought he was – I told him this morning, I was the guy I thought you were a complete idiot for taking that job. You know? <laughs> and, we, and we all did back then. Exactly. We've also seen, we've seen the maturation of the guy as well. Yeah, because he's, you know, I can't even begin to do uh, what I want to describe to you guys is how good a kids he has. Okay. When you hear Jared Butler open his mouth, man, I yeah. mean, these kids are amazing young men and Mark uh, vital, great Mark kids. Vital. Yeah. You know, the thing about them is, and, and it's a little different with Texas tech because Chris is out there in the South Plains and 
he's got some guys coming and going. You know, he'll take transfers like Scott will. But I want to ask you guys something. Tell me the last good player to transfer out of Baylor. They stay. They stay. They, they come in. They, they don't stay. leave. They come in. He's got a top 60. He's got a top 60 kid redshirting right now from Minneapolis who's 6'11", 250. Yeah. The kid's wow. redshirting. And wow. so that's that's the amazing thing. I I don't think he's going to go. I just have a feeling this guy is going to stay in Waco. I do. He's got it built. He's got it going. To... And I'll tell you a crazy thing. I, you're gonna, I said it a couple of times this year. He has a chance to be a Hall of Fame coach in the, in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Wow. In 10 wow. years, if you add up another 27 wins a year average. Yeah. This guy could have 700 wins and maybe, you know, it's got to go to a final four. That always got to get to a final four. Got to get to a final four. That validates you, you know, and, uh, but I have a, just something that tells me now I could be wrong in a month. He could be gone, but uh, Chris Beard, I love him to death. I don't, I, I, I you'll be able to Texas tech fans hit me on Twitter about this. <laughs> I could see Chris, being somewhere else in five or 10 years. Yeah. Like, like here, for instance, I, I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask him, well, my listen, friend. Just well, ask well, here's him. the deal. You know what? I, you know, it, he probably should go to a basketball school. <laughs> he probably <laughs> should. Get some fans in the stands. And by yeah. the way, it's great coaching at a football school. I've said this many times about my good friend, Rick Barnes, who I work for. Um, yep. Clemson, Texas, Tennessee. And by the way, I felt it was time for a change. I felt, I, you know, I felt it was time for a change. I love coach Barnes to death, but. Got stale. Got stale. Yeah. It, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, his, his kid, you know, his daughter lives in Austin and he's, he still loves Texas. I know he roots for Shaka. Um, but he knew. And by the way, Shelby Metcalf once said, Kurt, uh, you, when you coach basketball to football school, you got to be good when football is bad. That's all you have to do. <laughs> exactly. And, That's beautiful. That's and, beautiful. And you know what? Last year, if you remember, at the last few years of Tennessee, when football was bad, Rick Barnes was good. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and right. So that, that's the key to being at a football school. If you check your ego at the door and you don't mind being a basketball coach at a football school, it's wonderful because there's not, there's not as much pressure – on Shaka Smart. Now there is now after six years, but not as much as there is on the football coach after one average year, as you know. For sure. There's a beauty in coaching at Florida, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, you know, Oklahoma, et cetera. Well, I'm rooting for uh, Chris Beard and Scott Drew and all these guys to stay in our conference so we get to enjoy great, entertaining basketball. And we hope you keep uh, going, doing what you're doing. We love listening to you. And we sure do appreciate you joining us for our little pleasure show pleasure. here. I've always enjoyed our conversations and Cedric, we haven't talked much, but I love your stuff. I mean that I love to read uh, we, when you have something to say, I know it's going to hit me between the eyes. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it, man. Uh, the great friend for ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. And let's chop it up, chop it up again real soon. I'll be easier to catch next time. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate right, you, you man. Thank you, thanks, brother. Bye-bye. On Second Thought. Duck. 
What a great conversation with Fran Priscilla. <sighs> it was only half an hour. We could have gone on another two hours. I think. We really, we really could have gone yep. another two hours. Yep. But man, we 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 understand that. Time is of the essence. He has his own podcast. We've been chasing this guy for a while. Yeah. It was just so cool. We had him once a couple uh, years ago. We had him once a couple years ago. It's it's been hard getting him back. So but you know what I really like about him, Duck, is you know I think when he first started, he was you know he was a little he wasn't as I don't think he was as hard hitting on these coaches. But here in the last four or five years, yeah. he has found his fastball. Yeah, and he and he is a must watch. Um, he gives hard opinions. And, and, and he knows what he's talking about, and he speaks as a coach, as an analyst, and as someone who understands the team dynamic. And that's – and anytime you can listen to an analyst and learn something, that's yep. what I like. That's what well, I like. He, you hit on it. He's just the total package, and he knows – he knows basketball and the Big 12 so well. He knows them in and out. He talked to the coaches. So, yeah, it's, it's fun listening to him, especially in this pandemic era when we're stuck in our living rooms and office studies watching these games. So that's kind of our, our special treat. But uh, he brought it for us and uh, very entertaining, very candid stuff. And I can't say I disagreed with anything he said, especially with Texas. He, you and I have been saying it, writing it forever. It's on these guards. You got to have guards, especially in March. If you're going to go deep in the NCAA tournament, Texas got them. And, and like Fran said, it's kind of on them to man up you know it's not just shaka he gives them freedom and it's like okay what are you gonna do with that freedom right duck before we get out of here we have to hit this um Far Longhorn Caden Stearns tweets that he was threatened by donors who said that you will not work in the state of Texas mm-hmm. if you continue this this crusade against the eyes of Texas. Uh, DeMarviano Overshawn, who's still on the team, yeah, has been very outspoken and and going back and forth with with Twitter followers and all of this and. The eyes of Texas issue is not dead, and we knew it was going to pop back up when Steve Sarkeesian in his introductory press conference said, they're going to sing the song proudly. Just like I like, it's going to happen, and there's no wiggle room. Uh, Can this thing blow up again? Because I think it played a large role in Tom Herman getting canned. But do you think it can blow up again and divide the locker room once again? before the season even starts? I don't know if it'll be that divisive as it was in the summer and fall, but yeah, I think it's already blowing up ever since, you know, the Texas Tribune ran a lot of those eat mails filled with racism and ignorance and hate, you know, and that was made public, you know, and yeah, Jay Hartzell, the president said that doesn't speak for 540,000 alumni as we know, but still, it's very ugly and distasteful, and it puts Texas in a terrible light. So, yeah, it's it's hadn't gone away. I've gotten on Del Conte, talked to him today briefly, but he wouldn't talk on the record. He's going to wait till the report comes out next Tuesday. 
And I just said, this committee that you established or Jay Hartzell, the president established to study the history of the song. I don't know why you couldn't have done it in the summer. And uh, I know Jay Hartzell was the interim president at the time, uh, but it, it, it kind of revisits the issue. and opens up old, still fresh wounds. And I don't think any of that's going away anytime soon. Yeah. And I, and I spoke with, uh, with, uh, Jay Hartzell and then Dr. Reddick, who, um, who were spearheading this in the fall, study right? in the fall, along with some alumni and, and, and some people close to the program. Um, I don't know what's going to come of it, Doc. I do know that it's probably going to be informative and it's going to be a lot of stuff that we already know. Um, I know Longhorn great Quan Cosby was on local radio. Um, and I believe he's a proponent of the eyes. I believe he is. And uh, I know Earl Campbell is a proponent yeah. of the eyes. So those are prominent black players who had great careers. Uh, no one greater than Earl Campbell, but Quan Cosby is on the short list of best receivers to play right. here. So, um, so it's going to be interesting to see if it's a polarizing study when the study comes out, if it's going to unite or if it's going to divide all, I don't, I don't know about you, but, uh, I, I wrote a little bit about it in my nuggets on Monday and my inbox was flooded and, uh, mostly just coming at coming after me, um, uh, saying, how dare you question the eyes of Texas? Cause my thing is this, they, uh, it just seems like they almost care more about that song than they do about winning football games. And I'm talking about the fans. And so, um, cause I had a hypothetical question in there. Would you, would you trade, would you cancel the eyes if you could win five titles in the, in the next 10 years? And that's what Nick Saban's done in Alabama. So a lot of people uh, that they answered the question, they emailed me back and they go, how dare you even ask that? We wouldn't trade the eyes for anything. And so that's how ingrained that song is in Texas culture. And um, I, I, want, I wonder if uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to have the same type of problems in his locker room as uh, Tom Herman did in his final year. Well, it's an issue that, that hasn't gone away, that isn't going away. And uh, a lot of people have very strong thoughts on how UT has handled it. Um, I think Sarkeesian should speak next week on the report that comes out because, and I don't think he will, which means it'll be pushed down the road a little bit more because the first time we talk to Sarkeesian before spring training starts in three weeks, we're going to ask him about it then. So it doesn't go away. So, you know, air your dirty laundry, if, if you, to use a term, uh, address it head on, uh, say what you're going to say. They're not going to get rid of the song that they've made that clear and uh, haven't made any bones about it. But the thing like you mentioned, Sark, on that first press conference, we're going to sing the song, we're going to sing it proudly, is that it was a little bit, oh, uh, it, was, it was the party line. It was the line that, you know, the administration wanted him to say. Uh, yeah, I just think it was a little bit disrespectful and dismissive of the whole um, episode, I think. And these athletes should be heard. You and I both champion, you know, their rights. And, and too many times athletes, black and white, have been put upon, you know, the whole name, image, likeness, the, the lack of ability to transfer and keep your eligibility immediately, go on and on down the road. So I think it's 
you, you need to use this as a moment to embrace, be inclusive, to listen, and to, to ask these athletes, what can we do better? How can we make change to make this a better campus for, for everybody? You know what, Doug, and you, you, you spoke volumes there. Uh, look what the administration has done. They took racist names off of buildings. They donated to black causes. They, they erected a statue of Julius Whittier, the first black letterman. They named, renamed the football field after Ricky Williams and Earl Campbell. So they've done things. Right. Let's they, not let's not get it twisted. They have not been sitting around waiting on things to blow over. They have done some things, and 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 I I applaud them for doing that. But I also said that song's never going away. There are certain things that you just can't touch. And you know what? Uh, if I'm a player, I don't sing that song. But I, I don't make I don't complain too much about it because you have you've affected a work and you've affected change on that campus. Absolutely. So, so you, you, I mean, they may not want every battle, but I, I think they won the war here. I think they made a lot of inroads and that's good and that's healthy to see. Well, Doug, man, it's been a pleasure. We had a great podcast today. We're going to be back swinging at you again next week. We got to thank Fran Fraschilla for joining us. That will do it for episode 211 of On Second Thought. For the Duck Kirk Bowles, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.